Hello, we're back again, and we're going to be talking through um, some verses from John 9. Uh, I'm joined again by Pastor Jason, Austin, and Aaron. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, and this last, this last week, we talked through um, kind of the problem of evil. So let's first read through some of John chapter 9. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. Uh, and it says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And this is Jesus is talking about. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it is not that this man sinned or his parents, but the, the work of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. All right, so... Uh, as we're talking to the people around us who maybe don't have faith like we do, um, a lot of times this issue comes up. There's evil in the world. How do we deal with that? Um, so first, uh, it might be worth talking about some of the reasons our non-Christian friends give for evil and why, um, why our view on it might be helpful or uh, hopeful for them. So do any of you have any, th have any thoughts on that? What, what, what's their view of why there's evil? Yeah, well, at the risk of speaking first, but we have uh, we have dead air right now. So, <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that that we see, and it's not usually stated this way, but it, it sort of plays itself out, um, especially in our in our kind of broader culture right now, um, is so if, if we take a step back and we say, what are we seeing in the culture, right? And we see. Um, kind of the, well, the Me Too movement, for example, which, by the way, is, is a good thing. I'm not trying to speak against that. Um, but there's lots of um, social correction, we might say. Uh, and the thesis behind that, if you, if you ask kind of why that is, the thesis is, well, it's something in us, uh, something in, in the human condition uh, that, is, that is broken and therefore needs fixing. And the idea is it's fixable, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I was going to say that um, I think Christians and non-Christians alike agree that people suck. Mm. <laughs> like people are just bad. All right, listeners, like, you can take that to your non-Christian friends. <laughs> so I, I, but I do, I think we have that common ground where everybody knows that like, yeah. there's just people that just are not good people, you know, but we know that there are good people that are in there. They just need to come to Jesus. And so that's where we differ. But I think we all have that common ground where it's, I mean, it is the flesh that makes us do the bad things that we do, you know? Yeah. So the common, that's a great point. The common ground is there. Uh, people are broken. We might say um, the, the difference is why and what to do about it. Right. Mm. Right. I think sometimes if the culture, I'd almost even say like, evil's always been there. And so for like why it matters to us today, I think is kind of culturally is that almost not that it doesn't matter, but it matters more that I am a good person. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there is evil because I am not evil. You know what I mean? Like I don't do wrong and there just is wrong. So it's kind of more, I, you know, I think just sometimes there's an individualistic focus on it where it's like, Yes, there is evil. Why is there evil? I don't know. I don't care because I'm a good person. Well, and yet there is 
a sort of a guilty guilt by association that happens a lot too, uh, that I think frustrates lots of people. And sometimes mm-hmm. w- when the conversation breaks down, it's because it's because I've been implicated implicated in a thing that that I don't that doesn't match my self image, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe again, maybe you're, as we go through this conversation, we could talk about to Andrew's question, right? what could we say that might be a little bit more helpful in unsticking some, <laughs> some of these uh, sticky points? Yeah. So I guess what, in your experience talking to people uh, for all three of you, what, what has been the holdups for people with the problem of you? What, why is it a problem? Um, what is it about there being evil in the world that keeps people from maybe uh, wanting to have a relationship with Jesus? I think it's the whole good God thing. Like we, we as Christians understand that God is all good. He doesn't do the evil, but I think if you're a non-Christian, then from my experience, from the people I know, they're all like, well, why would God let this happen? Or Mm -hmm. if God's good, then why are all these people dying from a pandemic? You Mm -hmm. know, like that's what I usually get thrown back at me. Um, And I always have to come back with the, that's not God. <laughs> like That is people. That is flesh. That is original sin. Like we made that decision with Adam and Eve and these now we're reaping the repercussions of it. Yeah. I would, I would echo a lot of that, that um, uh, it, it seems to be that God is viewed as sort of ineffectual. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, all these sorts of bad, not sorts of all these, bad things happen, wrong things happen. The world is not, or society is not as it should be. Um, God doesn't seem to have much to say about that. And therefore it's up to me to fix it. It's up to me to change my behavior or um, restrain my neighbor or whatever, whatever needs to happen. Right. Which I think is a weighty, it's a, it's a hard thing to live that way all the time. Hmm. Well, I think it kind yeah, of leads- it leads back to the the verse that we read. Uh, the disciples that are, were asking, "Well, who sinned? Who, whose fault is this?" Um, but Jesus kind of flips it on them, and he doesn't talk about whose fault it is because it's not someone's fault that there's evil. Um, but he's he flips it more toward, "Okay, because there's evil, what are we going to do about it?" And he he actually does something about it, um, and not just in that situation, but overall, he does something about it. Um, so. I think that's something that we can lead with um, that not only do we know that there's sin and there's evil, but we have a God who is doing something about it and we're not stuck in it. Yep. And why is that valuable? Go ahead, Aaron. I was going to say like, that is a common thing that I see too. The blame game, like (laughs) just like blaming people. I think it makes people more comfortable to find out where the blame is. And so to blame something like when my kid comes home from school sick, I mean, I'm so desensitized to it that I'm like, I'm just going to go get her amoxicillin, you know, but other people are like, well, who was the, who was the parent that sent their kid to school sick? You know, Mm -hmm. like they want, they need to find somebody to blame because it gives them comfort that they found like a root of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't have that as a Christian, I think. Yeah. We are not people who do well, just human beings. We are not people who do well with uncertainty. Right. Right. Uh, So if I can, if I can, I think that's a really astute point, Aaron, that, that there's a, a the, the need behind the blame is let me kind of categorize this and, and make sure I have my hands around it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I find myself so you, doing that. Even oh, sure. when there's like a school shooting or something, I'm like, well, what, why did you do that? Things like that. And mm-hmm. A lot of times there's just not an answer. It's just there's evil. Or even uh, I would even say like the, the American fascination. I would say it's probably worldwide, but somehow it's just kind of we associate with Americans, I guess. But the American uh, fascination with car accidents and being like, I wonder how that happened. Huh? <laughs> Like, I bet you that guy ran a red light or, you know, just like you want to know that like, and then like, even when someone says like, I got into a car accident, like if you're someone who's a little bit more bold, which has happened recently and I won't out anybody, but they just kind of immediately asked, was it your fault? And then when they said <laughs> yes, they were like, were you texting? And it's like, do you really need to know? <laughs> Mistakes were made. That's it. <laughs> okay, well, I, I can, I can narrow it down. I think who you're talking about there, but. <laughs> uh, let's let's take that let's take that another step further then um so aaron makes the, the the good point we want to have a reason and there's a there's a, a there's a a need for us that drives that wanting to have a reason but andrew as you said sometimes the reason is well there's evil the world is broken the reason is there's no reason right yeah. uh, so what then can we say in that moment uh, to our neighbor who, who has that need. Well, I, I will tell you, my husband and I do a really good job of this where, you know, when you're married and when you have kids, a lot of things come up and when things happen, instead of figuring out why the thing happened, we focus all of our energy into like fixing the thing that happened. So I think it's just, it's a waste of energy to try and figure out where it came from. It doesn't matter you know, where the dead snake came from in your front yard, you, somebody needs to go out there and get rid of the dead snake, (laughs) you know? Hypothetically. Hypothetically. I mean, just, just (laughs) spitballing. That's great. How do we speak kind of the unique Jesus perspective? I think part of it for me is telling them, yeah, I, I see that there's evil and that this is broken and it shouldn't be this way. And I know that in the future, it won't be this way because Jesus has done this. He's, he's taken this sin and he's coming back to fix it all. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas our friends who maybe don't have that faith, um, what do they have to, to trust that the the government's going to come and fix it all, or people are eventually going to stop being mean to each other. There's really, we will be able to sort everybody out and make them right. Yeah. Right. Um, But that's a hard road. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of my non-Christian friends say stuff about karma or like, you mm, know, writing of the universe, things like that, where it's like, they'll get their comeuppance, you know, things like that. And it's like, that's Yeah, let's dig into that. (laughs) Um, So weird. Because I think, well, but there's, there's a reason behind that, right? It's the same, it's the same reason, right? If I can't control this, I need to put my trust in a larger, um, we'll say a larger force that will do mm-hmm. the controlling for me that will make the world make sense again, or, you know, make things as they should be balance out. Right. So I think we're really on the track here of how we can, how we can talk about Jesus here. Um, which is maybe as simple as kind of not calling it out, but, but referencing or, or, you know, acknowledging that need for control, you know, something along the lines of, and you, Andrew said this, I see myself doing that a lot, something along the lines of, yeah, when I find myself in situations like this and it, it feels a little bit out of control, 
what I find is that I want to have control again. Sometimes it's helpful for me to remember that Jesus has overcome this. You know, my faith helps me find that. Right. I feel like I I liked what Andrew said too, when he said, uh, Jesus will make it right. Mm -hmm. So that's very comforting to me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is a hope for the the puzzle to be completed and uh, for the wrongs to be righted. Like we know that it's not going to stay this way and it's not always going to be awful and sick and the world's not going to be twisted. So I think we found another piece of common ground, right? We talked earlier, Aaron mentioned this. Uh, We all agree that things are messed up. I think we found another piece of common ground that says we want them to be righted again, or we want to find ways to make things balanced that are imbalanced. And so that's the place, I think a really fruitful place for, for talking about what Jesus has done in that regard. And, there, and there's freedom in that, right? Uh, why does this matter to me? Why is this valuable to me as a Christian? Well, because it frees me from having to do it myself or having to wait for some impersonal cosmic force uh, to balance things out. Yeah, I think it's a lot easier. Like, to what trust... if that cosmic force had a personal relationship with you and cared about you specifically? Right. Right. Well, and his, his promises have been proven to come true, uh, both in the Bible and in our own lives. We see Jesus' words coming true. Uh, and he, yep. he spoke and promised that he's going to do this. He's going to fix things. Whereas no one else has promised to fix the world. They, they say they're going to, but then we see it fail over and over again. Uh, every new political strategy to fix things ends up making it worse. Uh, mm-hmm. so, or at least undoing what was done. Right. So I, I, part of what I would think I would do is talk to them and just say, how, how do you think, like, what, what's the way that we fix this? And is there any history of that actually working? Or because yeah, how's it been going? How does it feel for you? Right. Uh, would you like something, would you be interested in something a little bit easier? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I not think it goes a, back to a control way, thing but... too. Like, I think a lot of people have the, the sense of control you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a person that's very comfortable giving all of my control to God because it's so that's easier for me. Mm-hmm. But for some people, that's very difficult, you know, is to well, give especially up for that... someone who has not tried it yet. Right. <laughs> right. And just to give even that sense of control, because let's be honest, nobody mm-hmm. really has control. You can't control other people, but right. just that whole like facade of control, giving it over to a, a deity would be very difficult, I think. But mm-hmm. it goes back to that whole, like, Life is easier when you do, because obviously we don't have control. Yeah, I, I like Andrew's point. It's, it's difficult to contemplate giving, giving control over to a deity. It is less difficult to contemplate giving control to a God who, I, who knows me and who has a name and who yeah. I can see. And so the more we can show our friends and our neighbors how Jesus is at work among us, the more kind of personal it gets. And I think, I think, yeah, and who loves I, mean, us. I, I grew up in the church, but yeah, who loves us? Uh, I, I suspect that would make it a little bit easier to say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get on board with this. I think that's, I think that's even when really we, point. when, you know, we can even confront the evil itself or the, the source of the evil and still have grace for where that came from, you know, Ooh, because, talk about that. uh, 
I mean, I'm all about just examples or kind of like illustrations. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know what my brain thinks, but there's, you know, I remember a particular story of a, um, of a guy who broke in, I, I, I may be completely missing up the story, but it's something to the effect of this guy broke into um, this lady's house and killed her son. And after he got out of prison, I mean, in court, she said, you know, like, you know, like, I forgive you. And then after he got out of prison, she, he moved in next door to her and they hang out all the time. And so I think that that kind of gives that whole other perspective to not just realizing that there, you know, is evil or why there is evil, but the kind of grace that we can have for understanding that that's not necessarily who he is. He's not, you know, we are evil in the flesh, but it, he at his heart is not created evil uh, yeah. in God's eyes. So to kind of present that to people as, you know, it's, it's difficult because, you know, people always want to stay mad or stay, say that that person just is beyond fixing kind of thing. All right, Austin, can we, can we practice a little bit? Sure. Can we role play? Uh, Why would you do Jason? <laughs> uh, I I did not break in my neighbor's house. <laughs> so so the the thing that the story you're telling here's the way I relate it to how we might use an idea like that is, um, and we've talked again uh, from time to time about about kind of making our lives look different and the idea that the more we look different, the more people will, will start to wonder about that. In this case, I think that looks like why don't you want to get even? Why don't you take revenge? Why aren't you as fired up and riled up about this thing as I am? And so let's answer the the why not question in light of kind of the, the ideas you're bringing forward, Austin. Anybody can can have that. I don't have to get even or get riled up because. And my because God, God has, has the justice. My, yeah, he's yeah, coming. Like he's that. made everything right. You know, like... Mm-hmm. It, at the end of it all, all, you know, all have fallen short of the glory of God, yet all have received the grace that's come from his death and resurrection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you could make it even more personal, man. I screw up all the time. I do things that hurt people. Uh, and so this person may have hurt me this time, but next time it's going to be me hurting someone else. And I hope mm-hmm. that they have grace for me, just like I want to have grace for them. Yeah. I like that a lot. Very- I like all these answers, but- yeah, I think it kind of brings in that conversation then too, you know, is maybe a secondary conversation from this topic is kind of like the idea that, you know, we have sort of a level of, uh, of earthly understanding of what's worse. Um, and knowing that, you know, like to, to even be able to say in that context of how you put it, Andrew, I may not be evil in the same way that you might view this situation, but I also have done evil things you know, because every little thing that is a sin to me is is wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm just as messed up as the next guy. I am thankful for having been forgiven, yeah. both by God and by people that I that I mess up against. And therefore, I try to extend that to others around me. I think that's that's a part of it. Um, the thing the direction I was kind of going to is, is how do we use that opportunity to show a different way that God looks at people. So something along the lines of, look, this is a person who God thinks is valuable and worthy. And I don't have to like that, <laughs> but um, it's hard sometimes, but I try to, I try to 
you know, treat them in that way. Yeah. It actually makes me think of um, like a few years ago, there was that shooting in the South with Dylan Roof where he went into the Bible study and killed all those people. And the first response from the church was to forgive the guy. And I remember Mm -hmm. listening to news reports and they were like, how weak is that? That they just automatically forgive him. And my first thought was, how strong is that? That they just automatically forgive him. I mean, the amount of strength and healing that comes from that type of forgiveness is just monumental. And I think if people were more likely to forgive that easily, they would see that. And when you extend that forgiveness, when you extend that forgiveness though, like that's saying like, I also think that like they, they believe that he has some valuable part to play you know, in the whole scheme of it. And so to actually give him that forgiveness offers him the opportunity and offers all of us the opportunity to see where, what he can do, you know, how God's going to redeem him. You know, it's, uh, you know, all those examples of like, you know, in the Bible where we hear, you know, people being redeemed after constantly messing up, you know, it's just like, here's the opportunity. Here's where we can see how God's going to use, you know, the shooter or whatever. Yeah. Right. And to look towards the hope instead of dwelling on the the bad part, you know, dwelling on the the negative and the sin and dwelling in that sin is so much more destructive than getting the for doing the forgiveness and then just looking towards the hope, just looking forward instead of living backwards. Yeah. And again, I think just to wrap this back to where we kind of started the conversation on a, on a huge scale like that, or even in a, in a smaller scale, we can only do that kind of, not, not only can we only forgive that way, but we can only take this position that says, I don't have to get worked up because of what Jesus has done in the confidence that in fact, Jesus has overcome this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's, you know, both of these two threads kind of fit together that way. And I do think that the greatest gift that God gave us was forgiveness not only the forgiveness of our sins, but the, the ability to forgive other mm-hmm. people, because mm-hmm. it just, I mean, if you hold on to that kind of hate and resentment and evil, it's just going to eat you up inside. Yeah. It's freeing for you to forgive others. Right. Oh yeah. It's entirely for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's hard for non-Christian people to see that the forgiveness is also for you. Yeah. Well, partly because it appears weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But again, I can only be weak because I have the foundation of, of, of one who is strong. Yeah. Or sometimes it can even come off. And I don't know if we, how much more time we have, but it also almost can come off as kind of instigating the behavior. If, if someone wants to view it that way, you know, like if we can just forgive somebody for doing something so wrong, are we, yeah. like, could people view us as people who are just complacent with the Somehow actions? Somehow giving the permission person? to. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, that's like the, true. That condoning the behavior. That's the word. It's like the idea of cheap grace. You can do whatever you yeah. want because you know you're forgiven anyway. Mm-hmm. Very Gnostic of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheap, there's no such thing as cheap grace because the, the grace comes at a, at a horrendous price. Mm-hmm. So don't have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, uh, we hit quite a bit of that. Uh, any closing thoughts from any of you? All right. Well, uh, share this with a friend. Yeah, please. <laughs> and if if anyone watching this has any thoughts, uh, please share them in the comments, and we so we can respond to you. 
uh, and we can keep the conversation going. And if you have any experiences or you even like try this out, try out some of these uh, points and some of the things that we've talked about, just let us know. I think it'd be cool to hear some stories of ways that they've used this before or ways that they plan to use it or ways that they've used it since they've listened to this. (laughs) Yeah. All helping each other advance the kingdom. Exactly. All right. Well, pastor, would you mind uh, closing us out in prayer today? Not at all. Heavenly father, uh, as we, confront again and again the, the challenges of, of, of a broken world of, of evil and hardships and pain. And, and we know those touch all of our lives individually, but also in a collective sense as well. Lord, we thank you for the promise that you have overcome that. Uh, we ask that you would continue to give us uh, the words to share that, um, the words to share a, a more hopeful way of looking at these very important questions, not in a way that judges our friends or neighbors, but in a way that opens up to them. Uh, the hope and the comfort and the the security that we find in you. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen. 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 Good prayer. Thanks. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining me in this conversation. And thank you all for uh, joining us as we talk through these things. Have a great week. Have a good one. Bye. See ya.